Yeah, so. We knew you'd stick around. This is LA's home for progressive talk radio. Welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580. And we are your election information station on that quest for your Valentine's Day. We're bringing you DAs, DA candidates. And the next uh, person we'll talk to is the current district attorney for the county of Los Angeles. He's former DA for the city and county of San Francisco, former assistant chief of the Los Angeles Police Department. And he says he's running for DA to modernize LA's criminal justice system. Uh, DA George Gascon, welcome. Good morning, Dominique. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Doing very well, thanks. Well, um, as you can imagine, <laughs> I've been talking to lots of folks that want your job, lots of uh, your opponents in the, in the race. Um, so let me give you the easy question I always ask them first, which is, why do you want to keep this job? I mean, why do you want to continue uh, as the Los Angeles County DA? Yeah, you know, Dominique, in the last uh, three and a half years, we have accomplished a great deal of what was promised in 2020. If you recall, when I ran for election and got elected in 2020, I did it on a platform of reform that spoke very clearly that reform and public safety are not separate concepts. We talked about uh, ending the use of the death penalty. We talked about not putting kids into adult prisons. We talked about holding law enforcement accountable. Uh, we talked about reducing prison sentencing. We talked about exonerations. And if you look at each of these areas, uh, we have done so. Uh, we stopped prosecuting kids as adults, and there hasn't been an increase in crime, in crime committed by kids when you look at the data. Crime, in fact, is down in L.A. County. We had an increase during the pandemic, which was a nationwide increase, but we're seeing you know, significant reductions in the last year. We talk about law enforcement accountability. We have now uh, prosecuted over 140 police officers, including 15 for use of force or excessive force. You compare that to the prior 20 years, there were two prosecutions for that. You talk about dealing with issues of equity in how we handle our sentences. We have reduced the number of years that people are sentenced, and we have now resentenced approximately 200 individuals. We have taken people out of death road, 30. By the way, just about all of them happen to be uh, African-Americans. We have also taken a very different look at how we do with criminal justice when it comes to juveniles. We started a fully restorative justice program for youth. We talk about waste theft. You know, the biggest theft crime in L.A. County is waste theft. That's money that gets stolen from workers at about a billion dollars a year. We started a labor justice unit. We are now prosecuting not only corporations, but the principals. When you talk about the environmental issues, talk about Jordan High School and the Jordan Housing Development Project. You have Atlas Metal Recycling Company for decades, poisoning the water, poisoning the soil uh, on the adjacent field to Jordan High School. Prior administration have looked the other way. Not only are we prosecuting Atlas Metal, but we're prosecuting the principles. When you look at almost every component of the work, and you look at the things that we say that we were going to do in 2020, and I say we, because it's not just me, it's a whole movement. We're doing it, and we need to continue this path. And when you look at all the people that are running against me, 
all of them basically are running on the platform of undoing all the work that has been done in the last three and a half years. And that's why I'm seeking to be reelected in 2024. Yeah, the the things that I'm that I'm hearing folks running on is exactly that. Yeah, undoing, um, but also their argument for undoing is that people feel less safe, that they feel they say that crime is rampant, um, and that people are there's no accountability for criminals. You know, I understand that there that that is the narrative, but I think that we need to break that down a little. Number one, when you look at crime. Uh, statistically speaking, you know, crime is down significantly, and those are not my numbers. Those are the Department of Justice numbers. Those are LAPD and LA Sheriff numbers. But you also have to understand contextually what is happening around the nation, because, you know, crime went up nationwide, and crime has come down nationwide. But also, if you look at the Gallup organization, Gallup has been polling Americans for the last several decades on the feelings of safety and security and crime. And with the exception of two years in the early 2000s, every year Americans feel less safe at the moment than they did the prior year. And 2023 was no different. 77% of Americans said that they felt less safe at the moment in 2023 than they did prior year 2022, even though the crime in 23 was lower than in 22. LA County is not in a vacuum. You know, we're part of a larger ecosystem. And what my opponents don't want to talk about is the fact that this feeling of insecurity is something that is very baked into our own psychic. A lot of that has to do with the way that, you know, sometimes news gets sensationalized. And frankly, fear-mongering fails. And the people that are running against me and running in that old platform of fear-mongering that you can go back to Nixon. Uh, you know, I, I mean, you can. this is a playbook that continues to be replayed over and over again. Yeah, KBLA uh, 1580 did a survey, a public uh, safety survey of uh, likely black voters in L.A. County, and we found the same thing. People say they feel less safe than they did two years ago. They also said 52% are saying that uh, reform hasn't gone far enough. What do you say about that? Well, look, I mean, there's no question that there's a lot of work to be done in reform, right? Uh, And first of all, so let me take the first part of it, the, the fact that people feel less safe today than they did in two years ago. I understand that. You know, that is that is consistent with not only black people, but people throughout every community. And I think part of that, you know, quite frankly, comes from people like me being spending more time educating our public. Uh, but we also understand, and by the way, there's a lot of data to this, and simply Telling people what the data says is not enough, right? The perception, mm-hmm, the feelings mm-hmm. of an individual uh, are what they are, and they're real to that person, right? And we have to address them almost on an individual basis. Uh, and in the county of, you know, 10 million people, when you have had so much misinformation intentionally being put out there, quite frankly, by many right-wing groups, uh, and I understand that they're Democrats that feel unsafe. I'm not saying that they don't. But when you look at the genesis, you know, sort of the origin of where all this is coming up, it's coming up from people that, quite frankly, could care less about black people, could care less about most of us. And they just simply want to continue the prison complex, uh, you know, process that had been going on for years. To the second part of it, that reform hasn't gone far enough. I, I agree. You know, we still have a lot of work to do. You know, we have approximately 20,000 people in L.A. County. 
uh, there could be resentence. And, you know, we've resentenced 200. It's a very difficult process. It takes a lot of folks. Um, and frankly, it's arduous. Uh, we have still a lot of work to do in order to create more of a restorative justice process, not only for juveniles, but for everybody else. Um, you know, we started with juveniles, we're moving into young adults, but we have a long way to go. We need about 3,500 beds for mentally ill people that are crossing into the path of the criminal justice system. We still don't have it. We have an outdated jail that should be shut down, but we still don't have the alternative. So when people say, I don't think reform has gone far enough, I agree with them. We have a long way to go, but I tell you what, this is one thing that I know for sure. Electing one of my opponents that wants to undo all the reform efforts that we have <laughs> engaged in the last three and a half years, certainly not the answer to, to get into a better reform place. Yeah, I mean, the thing that I hear over and over again is that you don't, you don't listen to victims, you don't, um, you don't put enough emphasis on the rights um, and the needs of victims. Um, how do you respond to that, um, DA George yeah, Gasco? Yeah, so here's, here's, again, another interesting component of this, right? Right before I got elected, there was a countywide survey that was done by a, a, a public policy organization where 60% of the victims of violent crime in L.A. County felt that the DA's office had not paid attention to them. And they felt that there was not enough trauma-informed, in fact, there was no trauma-informed care for the victims. As soon as I got elected, the first community advisory board, and by the way, we now have several, including an African-American community advisory board. We created a victim's advisory board composed of people of color, people that have been victimized, they have lost loved ones. Um, and that group immediately came around and said one of the recommendations they made is that we should have more victim-centered trauma-informed care. They recommended that instead of having an attorney running a victim services unit, that we have a clinician, they recommend that we needed to increase the number of victim services representatives, and they recommend that we should audit our work. We went ahead and asked the U.S. Department of Justice to do an audit of our victim services uh, division, and they found a lot of issues that were uh, consistent with what the advisory board recommended. We went ahead and hired an additional 15 victim services representatives, plus replaced openings that we had. We went ahead and did a nationwide search and found a clinician that actually was working for the for the LA County Public Health Department, women of color with tremendous amount of experience, mostly by the way in South LA, who currently runs our victim service. And we've turned around the way that we do victim services to a place that has never been. One of the things about the survey that was conducted before I became the DA was that most victims felt two things. Number one, they felt that simply punishing the offender was not necessarily restoring them, which is consistent, by the way, with national surveys. And the second thing that was really important, especially in, in communities of color, is the victims in communities of color felt that rehabilitation was important. And part of that is because we often know that sometimes people that are victimizing our community have themselves been the victims before. You know, that old saying, hurt people, hurt people, heal people, heal people, it's a very true concept. So we have come a long way to where we were three and a half years ago. But I understand there's some people that feel that, you know, simply an eye for an eye is what victims require. Uh, you know, you hear a lot of, for instance, a lot of uh, 
uh, discontent in some quarters that we're not sh- we're not sending attorneys to contest parole hearings. What they don't tell you is that we're sending victim services. We're making victim services available to be with the victim. But a parole hearing is not about relitigating the reason why the person was convicted. A parole hearing is about assessing where this person is today after 10, 20, 30 years in prison. Have they rehabilitated? And if they have rehabilitated, the obligation of the parole boards to evaluate whether they're safe to be released. It's not simply to go back and say, well, this person did a horrible thing 30 years ago, and therefore they should never get out of prison. But at the same time, the victims have a right to be heard, and we're providing support for those victims to be heard. We're just simply not going there and fighting the release as DAs traditionally have done for generations, which is nothing but cause more harm uh, because they reopen wounds that are not necessarily to be reopened. Sometimes many victims don't even want to go to a parole hearing. And traditionally, DAs want to drag them back in there to make sure that they continue to punish someone. And for some people, that means, well, you don't care for the victims. The contrary is the truth. We care deeply for the victims. The process of a parole hearing is a different process than when we are litigating a case initially and how we deal with victims' harm and how do we deal with restoration it's not cured simply by retribution. Retribution is a portion of that, but the reality is that if we don't address the untreated trauma, which is what we're trying to do, you continue to have people that are hurt, and quite frankly, they go on to hurt other people. Talking with uh, incumbent district attorney George Gasconi seeking re-election wants your vote. When we come forward, uh, we'll focus on what uh, what you would like to still accomplish and what you're most proud of that you've done so far and continuing this conversation as we are your election information station, KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DiPrima when we come forward. Any other talk radio lately that sounds anything like this? We didn't think so. You're listening to Unapologetically Progressive, KBLA Talk 1580. You are, and uh, we're talking with District Attorney George Gascon, who is seeking re-election. Uh, in our KBLA 1580 Viterous poll, we found that... Uh, Black voters are highly enthusiastic about this primary. The majority say we are watching the DA's race closely. And 21%, according to our survey, support you, uh, District Attorney George Gascon, for re-election. Nearly half are undecided, but you do have, um, you know, close to a little more than half to say they uh, disapprove of your performance. My my takeaway is people may be believing that there's not a, enough accountability for criminals. The 50 Cent, the rapper, you know, he said, oh, the new bail schedule means that you know, it's going to turn into Wild West in the streets of L.A. Or there's a perception that there's no accountability and that people aren't being locked up. One of your opponents was just on right before uh, in the seven o'clock hour saying that you said when you were sworn in that you would no longer be putting violent criminals uh, in prison. Speak to that uh, and, and those findings as well. Yeah, look, I mean, first of all, that's obscene, and it's not true, right? If that were the case, our jails would not be where they are. Uh, if you look at our charging rates, if you look at our prosecution rates for violence, they are consistent with the way the work has been done for the last 10 years or more. Uh, the whole concept that we're not prosecuting or, or jailing or, or imprisoning violent offenders is, is a bold-faced lie. But again, there are a lot of that that we see 
during this election as we do during many elections. Look, I mean, the realities are, number one, I understand there's a feeling of insecurity which is compounded by many factors. But when you look at violent crime, especially in County of LA, substantially down this year, uh, approaching you know 2019 and definitely within the 10-year average uh, for the county. And at the same time, we have seen tremendous amount of reform implemented. Here are some of the things that I'm most proud of. Um, you know, we're doing a cultural change in the office. We've hired uh, so far about 85 new district attorneys. Most of them, by the way, are women, and most of them are people of color, African-Americans, Latinos, Asians. Um, we are promoting and we are also hiring uh, people of color into other positions. You know, our chief of staff today is a, is, a, is a black woman, a woman that was a public defender for many years, someone that has been a public servant for over 20 years, and yet she's being attacked uh, by the right, and frankly, unfortunately, my opponent, uh, purely on racist motives. Uh, we're shifting the culture of the organization, and I'm very proud of that. We're moving into a very different direction when it comes to using data. You know, one of the problems that we had when I became the district attorney, because we're a very large county with 22 branches, we often found, especially for people of color, depending what branch you were prosecuted at, the consequences could be severely different. That is not justice. We created a centralized filing system for most of our crimes. And we're seeing that our charge evaluation unit not only is becoming more thoughtful about the way crimes are charged, but more equal. At the same time, we created an app for victims to be able to have rapid services and understand what their rights are. And that was part, actually, of our advisory board, victims' advisory board. We're continuing to grow our restorative justice model. And I believe that this is a process that will make a tremendous difference in our work. At the same time, some of the biggest crimes impacting communities of color, like wage thefts and environmental issues, were aggressively prosecuting those cases in ways that they were not before. The whole concept that people are not being held accountable is not supported by the facts. It's political rhetoric, and I understand that it, you know, it grabs the attention, and I understand that the people that are running against me, they can't go on and say, well, everything is fine, otherwise they wouldn't be running against me. But I urge the community to look deeply, look at where we are, look at the men and women that have been released and where they are today. The majority are productive members of our community, and there are people that should never have, in some cases, been sent to prison for the periods of time that they were. People are being held accountable. They're being held accountable thoughtfully. Crime is down. And the, the issue of bail, by the way, I don't believe that how much money you have in your bank account determines whether you're safe or not. And in fact, we have evidence to the contrary. We had an individual that was involved in five follow-home robberies. He was bailed with cash bail four times. We argue that he should be kept without bail because he was dangerous. He went out to commit murder. L.A. County courts, by the way, because bail at the end of the day is controlled by the courts, not by the DA. And L.A. County courts have come around to realize that we need to join the fact, you know, many other states that are getting getting rid of cash bail, and they have implemented a process of risk assessment for people for nonviolent, non-serious crime. Now we're still required by law to offer bail to someone even when they're dangerous, and that's why people get out and they commit other crimes sometimes after they post bail. 
But for the non-serious and violent, we're not required to do so. And we're seeing that the way that the, the system is worked by the courts is actually having a, it's making an impact. The people that are being released are coming back to court. The people that are dangerous are being held back more and more so, and the system is getting better. But again, the issue of cash bail, regardless of whether I like it or not, and I'm very upfront, I do not like cash bail. I think if you're dangerous, you should be held back. And if you're not dangerous, you should be allowed to go back home and go to your family and then go back to your day in court, which, by the way, has a huge impact on the black community. But at the end of the day, I don't control that. The courts do. But my opponents like to sort of brush that over. Why? Because it's not a convenient fact for them. So my 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 question and my ask to the community, educate yourself. Look, the L.A. Times endorsed me. I'm not going to go into all the endorsements because I got not only Democratic Party, I have all but two clubs. I have Labor, I have Labor Federation, but the LA Times is something interesting. They interview each of us and they fact check our claims. And they found that my opponents mostly were lying or providing misinformation and they call them out and they endorse me. I urge you to read the LA Times endorsement, not because you like or don't like the LA Times, because of work that they did in order to come up with that endorsement. If you look at the facts, I will have your support. Um, well, you you know you've said what what you're most proud of. What are you most um, most wanting to do um, in the next you know term? Should you be reelected? Look, I I am very committed to shifting the conversation about how we hold people accountable. I think that we need to have much more capacity to deal with mental health than what we have today. It's something that I, I'm trying, working with the Board of Supervisors to increase the, the capacity for mental health treatment. It's a, it's a problem that continues to be hugely uh, impactful in our community. The, the problems with mental health in our community are huge. More than half of the people in our county jail every day are people who have severe mental health issues. They're harming others. They're harming themselves. We need to do better. Uh, I also am very concerned about the intersection with poverty and the criminal legal system, and I want to make sure that we in the criminal legal system are not compounding the problems of poverty, which is still, even today, continues to be a problem. And I believe, deeply believe, that in order to help our victims, we need to continue to increase our trauma-informed care. Because again, that concept that hurt people will hurt other people, it's a concept that is a truism. And I want to make sure that those that get victimized by violence, that we can wrap ourselves around them and provide them the services that they need in order to reduce the impact of trauma so they can go on to have a better life. Well, District Attorney George Gascon, appreciate you joining us this morning. If you want to find out more, georgegascon.org, georgegascon.org. Thank you so much. Thank you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you so much, Dominica. I appreciate, appreciate the time you've given me. Absolutely. Um, this will be posted once again at KBLA 1580. If you want a review, that is our incumbent, and he is asking for your vote right now for District Attorney. Tavis Smiley's up next. He's got a full complement of show uh, guests for you as usual. Today's quotes coming from Jim Brown and his Can curriculum around the decision-making process. Eliminate the negative, establish the facts, and choose your best option. I'm Dominique Duprima. History is now, and we are making it together. Until tomorrow, one love.